recorder. Okay. Get back to my notes. Hello and welcome to Fantasy Football Interrupted Season 4, Episode Number 8. This is the podcast for the every person looking for practical advice in managing your fantasy football team. And this wonderful podcast is co-hosted by a dynamic duo of regular dudes, my co-host. Alex K. And myself, J-Mac. Boy, oh boy, Alex. What a week. What a week. First thing off, are you off the schneid? Am I off the schneid? What does that mean? Who says that? Did you that? get your first W? Did you get your first W? I, I are got... you off the bench? Are you in the game now? I got one win. I got one win out of my... All right, you got to win. Games. That's all that matters. You got to win. Congratulations, Alex. I'm very happy for you. You're, thank you're you. No longer thank you. Open. Cheers. We got a lot to get to here, so we're going to move right on into the fantasy talk question. What's it like for you working on a trade? Uh, do you kind of get excited about it when, when you're working on a trade? Does it kind of stress you out? Are you the kind that'll try to like go back and forth, rapid fire, offer, counter offer? Or does each one kind of just gestate and kind of linger for a while? Sometimes it falls away, other times things happen. Also, is it more common for you to start a trade or be offered a trade? Well, if you're not trading, you're not trying. So that's kind of the fun. That's the dopamine of uh, if it's not the waiver wire pickups, it's got to be the trades. And there's something fun about dishing off people and using using them as stock, I guess. And so for me, a lot of times if I offer a trade, uh, people are less likely to take it. They always want to downplay the value of the person I'm I'm trying to give them. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's sometimes it's like, is this person trying to get one in over on me? And you also have that kind of, you have that background of people feeling like you have that. And I, I, I get that. I guess I have to ask you how many like counters is, uh, is the perfect amount of counters before you're just like, I don't want to do this deal anymore. That for me is where I kind of get stressed out with trades. Like I enjoy when somebody sends me a trade offer. Cause then I'm like, okay, I'll engage you a little bit. Maybe, you know, as long as the thing's somewhat in the reason, but like, after, after I get the trade, then I'm like, okay, all right, do I even think this is somewhere within a fair offer? And then I'm like, let me go look at his roster. Let me do some research now. So I really then start diving deep into scoping out the, the trade offer and seeing if I can do any counters. And then I kind of get stressed out about it because then I'm like debating in my head, should I do this offer? Should I do this other offer? Should I just take it as is? You know, I, I get all in my head about it and I, I waffle back and forth a lot. You waffle. That's funny. I, uh, you know, when I find that I, if I waffle too much, that the trade doesn't work out and we end up being mad at each other for a couple days. My best case scenario is you offer me a trade and I just sit there and I go, do I really want the player you're giving me? And if I do, I accept that trade. It just works out better, you know, in my favor. I, I like that. You just kind of get right to it. And it's either you like it or you don't like it. I don't offer too many trades to begin with. I feel like it's a little less, it's harder if people, like you said, just all of a sudden kind of get knee-jerk reaction and think that, you know, what you're offering is crap and they want to then really try to like pull one in all uh, over you. So I, I'm stingy too myself. I mean, don't get me wrong, but. Yeah. So basically in our league, somebody offered me Kelsey for Robbie Anderson and uh, Leonard Fournette. And I accepted it within probably the hour that it was sent. Well, that's a very good trade for you. Uh, see, I also had a trade offer myself. I was offered John Brown and Kenyon Drake for Chris Carson. And I it wasn't out of the realm. I, I thought it was, at least was within possibly accepting the offer due to what I need. But then I just didn't feel comfortable picking up Drake and letting go an RB1 for that. So 
I ended up trying to do a counter offer, but he didn't take that. Not that he didn't like it, but he said, you know, he did research and then he's like, I, I just can't do that one. So anyway, he gave me a counter offer and then I just let it fade off into the ether. After that, I, I didn't even respond, but exactly like what we just talked about. Pretty much. I, I'm that guy. So anyway, that's how it is. I'm becoming more open to trades though, as I go along, especially this season, I feel like a little playing a little loose here and not being so uptight about trades and trying to see if I could just make some moves and, and get better. But that's part of the big answer question I always have to ask myself is like, is this going to make me better? And I don't, almost don't care what it is going to do for the other person. It's just, is it going to make me better? And if it's not, then I can't do it. Absolutely. Let's move on. What do you want to talk about? We're going to do some top fives. I think we should do some top fives. That sounds like a fantastic idea, Alex. And why don't you start us off here at the quarterback position? Yeah, so let's do quarterback. And this is the ranking for week three. At number five, we've got Jared Goff at uh, 28 points in our league. Uh, that's pretty good. Let's move down to Josh Allen, who my quarterback with 32 up, points. Moving up. Moving, moving up. up at Josh Allen. You always hate it when I do that. I'm counting down from five to four is the way that I think about it. But moving up in the rankings is how we say it here. Josh Allen at number four with 32, my value quarterback. Dak Prescott at number three. He's still up there week in and week out with 34 points. Russell Wilson, the MVP candidate. And with 36 points and another MVP candidate with Patrick Mahomes with 40. These guys, outside of Jared Goff, the top four have kind of been in the top four in some sort of order for the past few weeks now. I think I think honorable mention will be Kyler Murray and Aaron Rodgers. They're also doing big things week in and week out, but they're still not on this list. No, and, and those four you just mentioned are, are just putting up crazy numbers right now. Dak Prescott, I mean, they keep being down and having to throw for 400 yards per week, it feels like, just to get into the win the game. I, I mean, my guy, Lamar Jackson, just not, not cutting it the way I hope it was, and I, I could have had any of these guys, and I didn't take them, so I'm a little frustrated by that. All right, so let's get on to then the tight end position. And this one is a doozy this week because we got our top five are all waiver wire status. For us, they're all waiver wires. That's all waiver wires. This is a wild one. And I mean, none of these names do I really even know. I mean, they're on my radar now. So we're starting off at number five for Indianapolis. We got Mo Ali Cox hitting up with 12 points. So let's also put this out there. None of these guys were letting it up the way these quarterbacks were. This is just for the tight end position here. So Let, let's also add they have touchdowns. I think they're touchdown relevant, and that's pretty much why they're on this list. Totally touchdown dependent. Uh, moving on to Robert Toyen of Green Bay. Uh, moving on then to number three, we got Eric Ebron. Man, what a sighting. What a throwback there. Eric Ebron for Pitt. He had, uh, what, 52 yards and a touchdown. Moving on to number two, we had Tyler, Coft, uh, Tyler Croft of Buffalo. And number one, talk about another throwback. We had a Jimmy Graham sighting as a number one tight end again. Man, it feels like it's been forever since I've seen his name pop up we, like this. We were talking about throwbacks, and Jimmy Graham made the number one top list of throwbacks if it's not uh... – uh, Gonzalez from Atlanta being on this list and not in the game. That's another throwback when I think of tight ends that, you know, should be, could be. Yeah. So it should be interesting though, actually with Jimmy Graham, now that Nick Foles is in there and we'll get to that a little later. Uh, I wonder if maybe he'll start seeing an uptick and you also saw with some of your players who uh, play for Chicago had a lot of, a lot of touches this game. They sure did. Allen Robinson finally got the ball and in, in the end zone. And I'm, I'm happy that Trubisky is no longer in there. 
One last thing with the tight ends, I would say all these guys, most of them are filling in for some injured players, which is why they popped up on here. Some of them might actually be worth taking a look at. A few of them are not, like Tyler Croft, probably not, just a fluke kind of thing. So, Probably not. Can we talk about who the number one owned one is on the list, even if it's not the top five? I'm just curious. Yeah, moving into number six, an honorable mention, that is Travis Kelsey. Okay. I wonder what team is he on now? He's on my team now, so thank you for that. That's part of that trade, that wonderful, wonderful trade. It worked out for this week. We'll see. It's a long season. Let's talk about the defenses now. We've got San Francisco at number five. Uh, It's San Francisco. We told you they'd be up there. Number four uh, is actually surprising to me, Cleveland. Uh, But they're playing against Washington, so let's note that. The last team was playing against the Giants. These are things to note, but it was also San Francisco who's decimated in injuries. Number three, New England. They are week in and week out, always and have been a good defense uh, this season with 15 points. Tampa Bay, surprisingly, I guess because they play defense uh, against Denver uh, is why that happened. But maybe Tampa Bay is a team that people should look at since Brady's at quarterback and they won't be on the field as much. Uh, the number one, the team that I drafted week uh, week two, I dropped them, Indianapolis Colts with 26 points, and I played against them and still beat our commissioner. Nice. Uh, weird to see our commissioner also has two of the top three defenses for this weekend there. So it's a strange, strange strategy in redraft leagues to carry two defenses. So I wonder if he'll be dropping one of them. He's probably going to try to trade one of them. So don't recommend two defenses in a redraft league, but there you go. Doesn't usually work out. We got any breaking news for us? Yeah, we got some breaking news. Let's let's get into this injury report here. I'm sure there's more that'll keep coming in throughout the week, but right now, one of the big ones, real big, especially for me, Chris Carson. He has a knee sprain. Did an MRI. It's kind of inclusive, inconclusive right now. They haven't actually said how long he'll be out. There is some expectation he could play week four. They said it was going to be about two weeks was their hope. Oh, okay. See, I saw somewhere that they were looking. He actually might play week four. So I think there's a whole lot. Nothing has been settled yet. I don't see him playing next week. So this is going to be a big hit to me. Uh, next, we have Michael Pittman. I know this is a, more, a little more under the radar. I have him on my team, but he was expected to get more looks and more targets with um, Paris Campbell because Paris Campbell was out. So Michael Pittman was going to expect to get an uptick in targets and looks. He's now out for, I think, at least like five or six weeks with some sort of knee injury. Next, we got uh, Tariq Cohen uh, over at Chicago, the running back. He's out with an ACL, and I'm pretty sure he's done for the season. Look for David Montgomery really to get even more looks and more carries now in that offense without having better uh, backup running back to take off the load a little bit. Absolutely. Those are uh, some things to think about. Do you go and you pick up Carlos Hyde? Are we going to talk about that later, or you want to talk about it now? Uh, we can talk about it now. It's part of the injury report. I mean, clearly Carlos Hyde is going to be one of the big uh, pickups, I think, this week in the waiver wire. I just don't see anybody spending in like the 30s like they have been for running backs just because of the amount of time that Chris Carson is expected to be out. Yeah, I agree 100% there that it's going to be a mild, you know, only an average spend on him right now. People who actually have Chris Carson, I think, will be the ones who might try to splurge a little bit, and I'm still debating what I want to do. And speaking of Chicago, uh, we have a new quarterback in Chicago. Nick Foles is reemerging as a starter again after being relegated to the backup role again to start the season. You know, as long as it's not the playoffs, I'm okay with Nick Foles. He burned me once long, long ago, so I still haven't forgiven him for that. But he did get the ball to Allen Robinson and uh, Anthony Miller, so I was really happy to see them getting the targets in the end zone. Yeah, I was going through the scores uh, throughout the weekend, and I saw I checked in on your game, and I saw Allen 
Allen Robinson, man, he was lighted up. I'm like, what happened there? And then I saw the Nick Foles got put in. I was like, oh, that's going to explain a lot. So three touchdowns for Nick Foles. So the guy's got talent, but, uh, you know, it's just a matter of the offensive scheme around him really putting him in the right position to get the ball to his receivers. But he can do it. So I think you're on the up and up if you got uh, Chicago receivers right now. No, I definitely agree. Uh, I think Foles in there definitely increases their value. Just like uh, Wentz's value decreases the receiver. Uh, because right now it looks like he is in training camp. Oh, my gosh, man. Yeah, I th- he got a vote of confidence from the coach today that he's still the qu- starting quarterback. But that doesn't matter how you cut this, man. I, I, I Here's the thing, though. We were talking about this texting. You have Wentz on your team as your backup. He's still putting up fantasy points. But the question is, how much can you trust this to go on? What are you like kidding? This? He got 22 points playing like he'd never touched a football before. Imagine yeah. if it's like midseason form, like you know he's going to be in week eight. Yeah, I hope so. I really hope so on multiple levels. We'll keep tabs on that. Are you going to hold on to Wentz for now? He's trade bait for me, or he's gonna. I'm going to plug him in in that one buy that I need uh, for Josh Man, Allen. Go. Yeah, so for right now, I'd like to move him around and maybe get a running back out of him, uh, but it's Oof, few and far between. I'll take a wide receiver. I'll always take a wide receiver. I think he's, he's a wide receiver three value right now, personally. But maybe, maybe. It depends on needs. It all depends on needs. Let's get back into the top five position rankings then, and we're going to jump over to the wide receiver list. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do the wide receiver list. Starting off at number five, we have Alan Lazard of the Green Bay Packers. He hit up for 23 points. He had 146 yards. Woof. And a touchdown. Man, boy lit it up there. Uh, moving on to number four, we have Keenan Allen. Oh, Keenan Allen jumping up here. I haven't seen his name recently, so that's nice to see that he's still alive. And he had 132 yards and a touchdown for 23 points, which is nice. Number three, we got Cedric Wilson of Dallas Cowboys. So this is one of those guys just kind of stepping in. They were down by so many points that they were just firing off with four wide receiver sets. I mean, he's their number four receiver. This guy, it's an anomaly for this week. It's nice to know that in case one of their other guys goes down, maybe. But right now, I, I, I don't think he gives any value. At number two, we got Justin Jefferson of Minnesota jumping up with 30 points, man. 175 yards and a touchdown. I think they were in a shootout that week uh, with Tennessee. So he, he really is the one who benefited from that. And then at number one, I had to play against this guy. Oh, man. Burn me bad. Tyler Lockett of the Seattle Seahawks. Just 32 points for 100 yards and three TDs, man. I'm actually surprised Calvin Ridley's not up here for the first week. Uh, uh, Tyler Lockhart's been doing it week in and week out. Justin Jefferson, you should try to pick him up on waiver wire if he's in your league. He's only rostered in 30% of Yahoo League. So I Which would... is we- I weird, I guess, because he's a rookie. That I See, that's our league. That's why our league's pretty deep, or it's not deep as far as the waiver wire is, because we have a lot of guys who we, will, we always all take rookies as our bench guys and for this reason but he's gonna fill in as that digs role that's missing so good on him let's move on to running backs please uh austin eckler finally did his thing this week and he's on a team with a guy who has uh george kittle who hasn't played in two weeks and is still in his starting lineup this week he won though even though he doesn't have a tight end number four derrick henry roll tide I uh, got 26 points, which was right about where Eckler got. Then you've got number three at James Robinson on a Thursday night game. That was fun to watch. It was Jacksonville versus my <laughs> Amy. And uh, number two was Rex Burkhead, which I feel like 
you know, he's kind of been undervalued this season, but uh, Patriots running backs are, are never trusted, in my opinion. Only rostered in 11% of the league, so a guy to take a look for. You know, for a flex position, you might as well look at it. I'm going to go ahead and put a star by his name. Alvin Kamara was the number one running back ranked this week with 38 points. Yeah, and we talked about this last week. I'm more on it. I think they're just going to keep feeding him the rock regardless, even if Michael Thomas comes back soon. I just think he is now their main driver on that team because they, they're looking shaky, though, overall, and which is part of the reason why I moved Michael Thomas because I was actually worried about the overall outlook of the team, except for Kamara. I mean, the guy's just a stud. I actually like Traquan Smith to fill in that uh, Michael Thomas spot. All right, all right. That's a good guy to take a look at. I know he was kind of uh, trending last week, but maybe he's still available in some leagues. Uh, Rex Burkhead, though, again, it's hard with that New England running back core. We, we, you and I talk about it all the time. We never trust anybody in New England, but if there's a guy you want to take a chance on, Rex Burkhead's probably the guy to do it. Sounds like it. Let's move on to uh, some weekly recaps, some of our matchups, outcomes, and standings. L.A. Locals, league we're in. Yeah, I'm, I lost this week. I stood no chance. I played the guy. I think my schedule right now is to play every team that you played the week before. And I ran into the same buzzsaw. 156 points against. I only had like 110 points for. I, I, I had no chance. I had no chance. Even maxing out everything, I had no chance. I don't think anybody was going to beat Tyler this week. I, and he had CMC down, and he still threw up 156 points. I mean, Tyler Lockett is the main reason why. He had 32 points right there. Uh, but yeah, he, he's just got a pretty stacked team and there was nothing I could do this week. How about you? Yeah, I won and it was the only league that I won in. So that's good. Cause it's usually the only one I care about. I wish I hadn't started, uh, Darren Waller and I had invited, uh, AJ green to the party this week. Oh, AJ green. Huh? How about that? Is he going to get an invite? Do you think next week? I've got to pick that spot. He's getting ready. You know, he's going to have like a two to three touchdown game as soon as he's ready to go. It's just, it's, it's just figuring out that matchup. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I watched that Cincinnati game, uh, that ugly, ugly Eagles game. And honestly, John Barrow looks like he's starting to piece some things together. He's starting to seem like he's getting more comfortable. Again, I don't know if the Eagles are the best bellwether to kind of judge that against, but he is at least against a, a not great defense and an injured defense. He's starting to look better. He is having a good connection with Tyler Boyd. It's only a matter of time till A.J. Green kind of finds that connection as well. Absolutely. I didn't really deal with injuries on in this league. Um, I had Gage go down in another league that I started instead of Ingram. And oddly enough, still, he got more points than Mark Ingram did. Yeah, my other leagues, I, I was over 3 this week overall. Uh, just not a great week. My guys just didn't show up. I, I didn't have any too many guys that popped off real big to have wasted performances. It kind of everybody was like average to or below average. So I didn't feel like I really lost any kind of great performances but there was one leg where i was close but i i still i think even i couldn't max out to even win so at least i feel like nothing i could have done would have helped me this week so sometimes those losses are better because nothing you can do you know when it happens in the first series of games usually my sunday goes a little better because i can do other things <laughs> well it seems like you've been having a lot of those lately this season so far, Alex, but I'm glad, I'm glad you got your first W, get you back in the saddle, and hopefully maybe you can start stringing them together here. It's nice also when you beat our commissioner. Beating the commissioner is always fun in any league that you're in. It sure is. Let's talk some strategy talk. 
strategy talk here and you kind of alluded to it just a moment ago is just the the injury train just continues to chug along here in the nfl my team is a wreck i got another three guys in the league that we're in together possibly going down for at least a week or two i got chris carson i got dallas goddard and i have michael pittman all probably not going to play next week. Dallas Goddard's going to be out for probably five weeks. That's going to screw me. Thank goodness I have Hayden Hurst now. Whew, the gift that keeps on giving in that trade. Although Hayden Hurst only had six points, so not that big of a gift. But did he score a touchdown? I, I don't even know. I wasn't he even He scored a touchdown. That. I watched the game. He scored a touchdown. Get out of here. All right. Well, very good. I'm glad he scored a touchdown because at least he got, got me something. So, hey, look. Jason has two of the top three running backs right now from last week. So Guy made some moves and has a team right now. He has a better team than I do. So um, the injury train here, and you said you got, you got hit by that too, maybe not in this league, but other leagues? Yeah, I got hit by Gage in the middle of the matchup, and I have Goddard in a lot of my leagues too. And Waller as well seemed like he was just a decoy to me. Uh, and I have him as my starting tight end in most of my leagues. Uh, but for the most part, what I need to do is I need to get on that waiver wire and start replacing them with either their handcuffs and spend a little money or being a little tricky and, and picking up some of those other people we mentioned earlier in the top fives that aren't picked up. Yeah, and that's what I'm just kind of looking at. I'm, I'm so injury ravaged that I actually need to find just bodies to put in. So I'm going to be making a lot of claims this week. Uh, even if I don't get the top guys, then I'll be making claims for smaller guys later on. Like, I need people. It's a tough sp spot to be in. I don't want to panic, though, and spend too much money just trying to fill in for, like, a week or something on a possible backup that I don't know what's going to happen outside of this. I actually did that strategy this past week, too, where I decided not to spend a lot of money on these our waiver wire bonanza. I didn't get anybody. Uh, so I'm going to kind of try to just ride this out for right now and not go crazy. I, I need some of my fab money left for later in the season. I, I've been in this situation before at this kind of spot where I'm not looking great in the beginning and I'm just going to try to trust in the draft that I have and see what my players can do. Yeah, I think you're going to be like an 11th or 11th or 10th spot too coming out of this turn. Yeah, and I think I don't feel like there's going to be a lot of spending this week either on these types of injuries and these backups. This doesn't feel like last week where a lot of people were making moves and had big players go down. These are just smaller injuries. So I feel like a lot of people might hold back a little bit from big spending. So I might be able to squeeze in with an average sum. I guess we'll find out. All right, so Alex, then what is the outlook for the week? Do you have any uh, other recommends or sit-start debates that you have coming up this week? Um, just whether or not a lot of people want to make trades with me right now. They're feeling very fris frisky. Uh, I've got two or three trades on the table that I have to think about and kind of decide if whether or not that helps me. Yeah, I, I might be looking at trades, see if I can have something. But the problem is all my best guys are the only ones I have. Like I don't have as much leverage trades to do, so... I don't know. I'll see if I can get kind of creative. Uh, I, I almost traded away two guys that would have really done me bad if I let, let them go, but thankfully the other person turned down the trade. So we'll see. Waiver wire is typically at this point the best spot, but if you got some leverage, I think you should start looking at trades. I think people are getting a little antsy. People do want to make moves week four, week five. So I think that's the best uh, advantage you got. That's the best tack to take if you have the leverage. Sounds good. For waiver wire pickups, we already talked about Burkhead. We've got Justin Jefferson, which I like. 
Um, you've got Chase Claypool as a wide receiver for Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah, also uh, for wide receiver, I think Brandon Akayu for San Francisco. He's kind of stepping in that role, but it's just a question of how soon Kittle and Debo Samuel are going to be coming back. But right now he is the target leader on the team while they are out. So worth trying to make a move on him. And also maybe T. Higgins from uh, Cincinnati. Again, it just depends on where the targets will get spread out to. Sounds good. Good. What else do we have? Start sit debates. What are your start sit debates? Oh, geez, man. Uh, my big question is who do I start at all? <laughs> I, I literally have three open spots right now on my roster, but I have to figure out something because uh, my bench is pretty lame right now and I, it's not good. I got to see what happens with AJ Brown from uh, Tennessee to see if he's going to be coming back because he was out again for the second week in a row. That's also hurting me. But if he comes back, that really helps uh, level out my wide receiver de- wide receiver depth though so that's something to look at or maybe I consider trading him to see if uh, somebody's willing to take a gamble on him coming back later in the season maybe I've got to worry about Chris Godwin I completely forgot that he got injured as well because he did so well um, so he's gonna be a, a fill-in spot so did he c- clear uh, concussion protocol because I thought he was just going to be out this week and then I saw that he did actually play and still had some good points he did he got me about 14 points but I'm not sure if he's gonna play this week and I'm up against Albie who has Mike Evans so that's not gonna work out very well for me yeah 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 all right well um yeah I mean I got a six start debate of like do I even put Jordan Howard in <laughs> that that's where I'm at for my running back position if Chris Carson goes down because yeah, I, it's tough. Uh, I'm in a bad spot. I'm in a bad spot depth-wise. So we'll see how this goes. Making moves, trying to keep the dream alive. All right, do you have anything else you wanted to add in today? Anything that we did we missed? No, I think we covered everything. We got a bunch of waiver wire picks. We talked about start sits. We talked about injury stuff, which is going to happen every week. And we talked about not spending too much fab money this week because, again, we needed that preseason, apparently, because people are pulling hamstrings and tearing ACLs. That's right. And they're also getting some dirty hits from dirty cowboy players. But, uh, you know, what's what else is new? All right, Alex. Well, that was a good, quick, zippy episode this week. Thank you. You can find me at uh, Alex Laughs on TikTok. Where can they find us and you? Uh, they can find us at Fantasy Football Wins on Instagram. And you can reach us at Fantasy Football Strategy at Gmail if you have any feedback, questions, or anything else you just want to sound off at. And you can reach me, JMac, at JStravs on Twitter. I know. Love how everything is just mismatched as far as our names go. <laughs> We do not know how to brand. (laughs) All right, Alex, uh, I will catch you next week. You too. Good luck with my last opponent. Beat the commish.